0: Welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And today we want to continue our study of Psalm 18. In our last podcast, we dealt with the first 19 verses of this psalm. If you missed that podcast, you may be helped by putting the psalm together, by by listening to it. But we're going to pick up with Psalm 18 and verse 20. In the first three verses, David called to the Lord, and then he describes the crisis he experienced in verses 4 through 6. But the Lord delivered him, and he praises God for who he is to him. The Lord drew him out of deep waters, according to Psalm 18, verses 16 through 19. This God dramatically intervened in human affairs, saving those were his people and in bringing judgment on his foes, Psalm 18, verses 7 through 15. But the Bible says here in verse 20, The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. Now, both of these expressions, according to my righteousness, and the expression according to the cleanness of my hands. Both of these expressions are used in verse 20 and in verse 24. These verses emphasize that God has rescued the psalmist because of his righteousness, because of the cleanness of his hands, because as he describes in verse 21, I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. And in verse 23, he emphasizes that I was blameless, and I kept myself from iniquity. Now, does this mean that the psalmist had never sinned? Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4 says, O Lord, if you mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. The fact, though, that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, does that deny the fact that in some cases there are guilty people and innocent people in specific situations? And the writer is emphasizing that he has sought to work. He has sought to do God's will and to abide by God's covenant, that he has sought to walk in his ways. An overall reflection of this psalm cannot seriously lead one to say that this is an affirmation of self-righteousness. Because over and over he stresses the fact that he is all he is and he receives the strength he does from God. For example, look at that word blameless in verse 23. I was blameless with him. In verse 25, God shows himself blameless with the blameless. The word that is used to describe David here is used to describe Job in Job 1.1, 1, 1, in Job 1.8, in Job 2 verse 3. Job was blameless and upright. Same word used here uh, of David in these passages. But is this a boast that he is great before God? Well, the same Hebrew term is used to describe God in verse 30. In verse 30, as for God, His way is blameless. God is the ultimate blameless one in whom there is no fault, no guilt. And in verse 32, David emphasizes that it's God who makes my way blameless. The reason David can make the affirmation that he does in verse 23 and verse 25 is because in verse 32, God has made him blameless. God is the one who by his mercy and grace has made him blameless. But remember we stated that in chapter 18 or Psalm 18, in verses 7 through 15, that when God bowed the heavens and came down, that that kind of language is used here and it's used in other psalms, like in Psalm 144, verses 5 through 8, in order to emphasize that God directly, dramatically intervenes in human affairs in order to judge the wicked and in order to bless the righteous. And I think that what David is doing here is he is applying this to his circumstance and to his deliverance. God has dramatically intervened in history in order to judge David's foes. And notice that in this section from verses 20 through 29 of Psalm 18. Notice at the end of verse 26, with the crooked, you show yourself crooked. And in verse 27, those with haughty eyes are abased those with haughty eyes are brought down god has dramatically intervened to bring down the proud god has dramatically intervened in human history in order to deal with those who are crooked. But at the same time, God has dramatically intervened in history in order to rescue His servant. In verse 25, with the kind, you show yourself kind. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. God rescues those who are loyal to Him who are committed toward him. In verse 28 and 29, for you light my lamp, the Lord my God illuminates my darkness. God is the one who brings light to our dark circumstances. God is the one who gives us hope. Philippians 4:23, or, excuse me, Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That passage has an Old Testament parallel in Psalm 1829. By you, I can run upon a troop, and by my God, I can leap over a wall. David can do heroic things in battle because God is the source of his strength. But again, looking at this psalm as a whole, David is not in a self-righteous way affirming that he deserves God's blessings. David is praising God because God is loyal to those who follow him and serve him. And God is the source of all of his blessings and all of his strength. Look at the things the text attributes to God. In verse 30, the Lord is spoken of as his shield in whom his people take refuge. In verse 31, David says here, Who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? Our God is a rock. In verse 32, it is God who makes my feet like hinds' feet and makes me to walk on high places. These creatures are known particularly for being sure footed, and God sets him. On the high places, the most secure footing. the reason that he can stand strong in battle is because of God and his blessings. In verse 33, God is the one who makes his feet like hinds feet and lets him tread upon the high places. In verse 34, God is the one who trains my hands for battle. And in verse thirty-five, God has given him a shield of salvation. And God said, "It's your." And David says, "It's your right hand that upholds me." There in verse thirty-five, same language of Psalm sixteen in verse eleven. All David is and all he has is from God. We stated in the last podcast on Psalm eighteen that Psalm 18 is virtually paralleled in 2 Samuel 22. It is interesting to look at the placement of 2 Samuel 22. Right before that account, in 2 Samuel 21, verses 15 through 22, there is recorded David and his men and their victory over four Philistine Giants. That comes right before this psalm in 2 Samuel. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, There is a song praising the blessings that a righteous ruler brings to his people. And then in uh, 2 Samuel 23, verses 8 through 39, there is a description of David's mighty men. Putting 2 Samuel 22 right in the middle of this is very significant. Behind the greatest accomplishments of David's greatest soldiers, whether it be victory over four Philistine giants, or whether it be the exploits that we are told in 2 Samuel 23, but behind the greatest victories of David's greatest warriors was God. God was his shield and his strength and the horn of his salvation and this is what psalm 18 is stressing as he attributes all his blessings and all his conquest to God you do see David using the personal pronoun i quite frequently For example, in verses 37 and 38, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back until they were consumed. I shattered them so they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. But the reason for those I sections is because of the you sections. For example, in verses 39 and 40, You have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. You have also made my enemies turn their back to me, and I destroyed those who hated me. The reason that David conquered his foes is because God was the source of, of his strength god girded him with strength for battle and god brought down his enemies and destroyed those who hated him i can do all things through christ jesus who strengthens me philippians four thirteen. this an old testament equivalent of that i want you to notice something About David's enemies in verse 41. They cried for help but there was none to save even to the Lord but he did not answer them. This word for cried for help was used twice in verse 6. In verse 6 David cried to the Lord for help and the Lord delivered him and rescued him but now in the midst of battle as his enemies are defeated and they recognize there's nowhere else to turn except to David's God, they cry to him for help. And they are not heard. But they are defeated. They are defeated and ground-defying dust, verse 42, because the Lord has given David victory. In verse 43 again a you section you have delivered me from the contentious of the peop- contentions of the people you have placed me as head of the nations a people whom i have not known now serve me you see that in verse 43 And in verses 44 and 45, again, we are told how foreigners bow to him and they submit to him, but they only do this because God has exalted David to be head of the nations. In verse 46, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. Exalted be the God of my salvation. This word exalted was used in verse 27. In verse 27, it is translated haughty. These are the proud ones. These are the boastful ones. And the Bible says those with haughty eyes, God abases, God brings down. In contrast to God saving the broken and the afflicted, God brings down the haughty. It's kind of like the language of Luke 14, 11 and Luke 18, verse 14, that God exalts the humble and he humbles the exalted. But in verse 27, this word is used of how wicked men exalted themselves. But in verse 46, the same Hebrew word is used to describe how the Lord is exalted. And in verse 48, that same word will be used to talk about the Lord lifting up David above his enemies. So God is exalted. God brings down those who exalt themselves, and God exalts those who serve Him. Again, everyone who exalts Himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles Himself will be exalted. The Lord is worthy of praise. And in verse 49, therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. In verse 43, God has made David head of the nations. And then in verse 49, that word for nations is used again. And the Bible tells us, I will give you thanks among the nations god is worthy of praise god's name should be lifted up we have tried to talk as we have studied through the psalms about ways in which jesus fulfills each of the psalms and we can do this with psalm 18 as well Now there is one time Psalm 18 is specifically quoted in the New Testament. Psalm 18 verse 49 is quoted in Romans 15 verse 9. Romans 15 verse 9. Now in context, Romans 15 verses 7 through 13 are references to several Old Testament passages that picture Gentiles and Jews praising God together. And one of these passages that Paul quotes to show Gentiles and Jews praising God together is Psalm 18, verse 49. I will give, you th- give thanks to you among the nations. I will sing your praises. As David sang God's praises among the nations, that is a picture of God's intent that his people be Jews and Gentiles, that includes all nations and all peoples and all skin colors as they worship, as they praise God together. So this way we see a fulfillment of Psalm 18. We stated that David declared himself blameless in verse 23 and verse 25 because God had made him blameless in verse 32. David was blameless. David was forgiven, but Jesus was blameless in the sense that he did no sin and no guile came out of his mouth and remember in the picture of God in Psalm 18, verses 7 through 15, that God rented the heavens and came down. And the Bible tells us the earth was quaking and the world was basically turned upside down. The earth shook, the foundations were trembling. It is not without purpose that Matthew 27, 51 through 54, and Matthew 28... Verses 2 through 4 tell us that there was an earthquake at the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. In those events, God is dramatically intervening in human affairs to bring salvation to His people, to bring defeat for His foes. In verses 4 through 6, David talked about how the cords of death encompassed him. The torrents of ungodliness terrified him. The cords of Sheol surrounded him. The snares of death confronted him. God delivered David from a near-death experience, but that was a foreshadowing of God's greater deliverance of Jesus Via the resurrection, Jesus fulfills Psalm 18 verses 4 through 16 in a deeper and richer way than David ever could. In Psalm 18, the text emphasizes that David defeats all his foes that God puts him as the head of the nations. Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth in Matthew 28 and verse 18. Jesus is the one who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Revelation 12 in verses 1 through 5. Jesus is one at whose feet every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess in Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11. And as these enemies were put underneath the feet of David, according to uh, Psalm 18 and verse uh, 38 and 39, so the Bible tells us Jesus is going to put all foes underneath his feet in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 24 through 28. And the last enemy to be defeated will be death. In Jesus, we have a whole new meaning to the statement in Psalm 18, 46, the Lord liveth, Jesus lives. He was raised. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7, verse 25. The Lord liveth and blessed be the rock of our salvation. He is the rock on which we can build our lives. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. I hope these podcasts on Psalm 18 benefit you. But you're going to be benefited most by simply reading the text over and over. Then let these comments help you, but don't ignore the primary source material of Scripture. May the Lord bless you.